Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Just that time of worship together, being able to, to, to join back with our family, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and sing together and be of one heart and one mind and just be seeking you. God, we just pray that you would meet with us here today. You would teach us. You would grow us. You would uh, bring us comfort. You would bring peace to any hearts that are, that are broken right now. God, that you would just be bringing your uh, just supernatural um, peace that surpasses all understanding to your people. We give you this offering. We pray that you would use it for your kingdom purpose, whatever it may be. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. They're going to pass those things along. And um, today is um, today's one of those, those difficult, those difficult Sundays. Um, we, we got pretty excited last Sunday, digging into uh, the topic of the 12 steps, and we, we talked about some different experiments we were going to be doing, some different activities, and uh, continuing on with that. And uh, that is the plan, but at the beginning of this past week, um, Vineyard Westside experienced a loss, and uh, one of our, just one of our favorite people, uh, Christine Felchner, passed away earlier this week. That's Christine. Uh, you would remember her from passing out programs and, and greeting people as they came in in the lobby and just also serving in a hundred different places. Uh, Christine was involved in just about anything you could think of from the prayer team to outreach to recovery groups, small groups, just anything and everything. And she's just one of our favorite people in the world. And now she has, has died. And uh, so it, it, kinda, it rocked us, um, a lot of us, in a lot of different ways this past week. And... Um, we're just still trying to figure out what, what it, it's one of those things where we're still trying to figure out what, what the world is like now without, without Christine Felchner, because she's, she's a big deal. Um, and so uh, tomorrow night, there is going to be a, a memorial here at the church at seven o'clock. If anybody wants to attend, anyone is, um, is welcome, but um, what it brings up, what it brings up is that, that question of why do bad things happen to good people? Um, Christine is, is the, the good person, and she's the one that I just do not want to die. I don't want anything bad to happen to her. Um, and she's too young, and, uh, and she's just doing so much good work for the kingdom of God. 
uh, currently. Like, why on earth would, would something bad happen to her? Now she's doing so much work for the kingdom uh, every day um, and drawing people to Christ actively. And so why do bad things happen to good people? And this, this comes up again and again and again. And I think of it with things like Christine, where it was not, um, it, it was, I feel like it wasn't the, it wasn't the right time um, for her, that she was stolen away. Uh, but at the same time, I know that she just, she arrived early. Like, it's really bad for us down here. Um, but it's, it's going really, really good for her. <laughs> like, she is not having a bad day. Um, and there is celebration and partying and everything that ever ached or got sore or wasn't quite right and her body is healed and she's whole and she's complete and she's happy and she's with the king of kings and the lord of lords and so it's all good on her end but um for 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 us down here for her sons for her grandsons for her friends um it's just that that feeling of why, why did you take her so soon? Why do bad things happen uh, to good people? And so today I want to spend some time digging into that a little bit, that idea of why do bad things happen uh, to good people? Because for, for some of us, this is one of those pivotal moments. Like you, you'll have something like this will happen. Uh, this very nice lady died and... Um, she shouldn't have, and it feels like Satan won something, and, and for some of us, it can be that moment of kind of um, splitting off from God and moving away and putting more distance between you and God, trusting God a little bit less, like where you're, you're not quite sure if he's good or not, and so um, it's something that we need to dig into, um, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? Um, I don't want it to feel like ultra, extra, super bad today. Um, uh, let's see. But they have been asking that question for a real long time. Uh, why do bad things happen to good people? Abraham asked it. He said, should not the judge of the world judge fairly? He was talking to God. Should not the judge of the world judge fairly? Why, why are the, like the, the good people are being punished and the bad people are getting ahead? Um, they keep advancing and not getting in trouble, even though they're bad. Uh, or should not the judge of the world judge fairly? Why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, Moses said, God, why don't you treat your people as they deserve? Why don't you punish the people that need to be punished and Bless the people that need to be blessed. It always seems like something's broken. Jeremiah in the Old Testament said, why do the, wick, why do the wicked prosper? Why do the wicked prosper? David said to God, why didn't you answer my prayer? God, where are you? Why won't you help me? Where are you? Why won't you help me? And so it's where David is in that, that opposite spot of feeling like, I'm, I'm trying to be 
good. I'm trying to be a good person for you, God, a good follower of yours. I'm trying to do everything to be good, but bad things are happening, and I don't even know where you are. Today, so this is several thousand years ago in the Old Testament from some of them. Today, we're asking those questions of why do, why do so many children starve to death? In 2021, there are kids starving to death. How is that possible? How can that be? How can that be that we haven't figured that out? How do so many people die of pre- preventable diseases? How, how is it that whatever natural disaster, whatever hurricane or tsunami or tornado or earthquake, why did so many people have to die in that? Like, was that, um, was that a punishment from God? Was, that, was God completely out of that? Was that totally separate from him? Did he have anything to do with it? Is he getting blamed for it? Just, God, why did this bad thing happen? Uh, the thing that, that I've found, though, is that... Um, a lot of us will try to argue some of those big things, like what, why do so many children star, starve to death, and um, why did this natural disaster kill so many people? But the thing that is really closer to our heart, because, I mean, we're, we're selfish and we're kind of self-absorbed and whatnot, the thing that's more important to us that, that we get stuck on is, God, why is this bad thing happening to me? Why is this bad thing happening to me? I've been doing, I've been doing good. What, what the heck? Like, why, I've been, man, you ever feel like you've been on a good streak for a long time, and you're due for a blessing, and you got a spanking instead, for some reason, and you're like, what the, why is this bad thing happening to me? And this is one of those questions I've asked myself a million times, seriously wanting to know. And it's kind of embarrassing, too, because when you realize, like, uh, sometimes it's so minor in the scheme of things, um, whatever bad thing happened to you. It's so minor in the scheme of things, the scale of things. Um, One of the stories that I used to tell, the the story had to get modified over the years because the story... um, God <laughs> altered it over time, but one of the stories I used to tell was, um, you know, uh, when I was screaming, God, why is this bad thing happening to me, was when I was 16 years old, I was in love. What that means is that I was sexually active, <laughs> and I got dumped super hard, and I remember, and it, I mean, it was just like, it was a suck sandwich, too, because it was, I bought prom tickets, it was like all the money I had, I said, do you want to go to prom with me? This is already my girlfriend, and instead, no, and I'm going to dump you. Can I have those tickets? I'd like to take somebody else. And I was 16, and it felt like everything. It felt like everything in the world. It was a lot, too, because um, in my story, I was with a girl who had given birth to a baby while I was dating her. Uh, I started dating her when she was about five months pregnant. I knew something was up 
when the clothes kept getting baggier and baggier. <laughs> Finally found out she was pregnant with someone else's baby. What was I going to do? Was I going to leave or stay? No, I'm a good guy. I'm going to stay. Uh, things happen. The story goes crazy. Eventually, she's living with my mom, with my sister, with me. Um, and uh, we are taking care of a new baby. Um, I'm not the biological dad. I'm just the, um, the giant sucker. <laughs> uh, and so trying to be, just trying to be a good guy and uh, all this stuff is going on. So she lives, she lives at my mom's house. We're taking care of the baby. I buy, I buy the prom tickets. I get dumped. I said, how does this even work? Do I need to help you move? Do I have to help you move out now of my, how does this work? Anyways, uh, I, that was probably the closest to ever, ever wanting to, to take my own life that I was. So that it, it was everything. Like, this is everything. When you're, when you're 16, your circle's really little. <laughs> like, and that's, whatever the event is, it's like, um, a splatter on a wall. If you take some black paint and you splash it against a white wall, and that's that event, that circumstance, that bad thing that took place. And when you're, I mean, when you're 16 and it just happened, it's right there. And it just feels like everything and it's black everywhere. And there's, I can barely see any white anywhere. But you get older and you just keep backing up. You keep backing up and backing up and backing up, and eventually it's just another one of those spots on the wall that I don't even really remember that, what that one's from. And overall, you see the white wall. You see the, the, the bigger picture. But for a time, it's everything. And I say the story had to change because... Um, that girlfriend eventually ended up in a cell in prison with my sister um, where they had both hit bottom, bottom, way underneath the bottom. And they ended up seeking the Lord together. They got out of prison uh, around similar times. Um, my ex-girlfriend, Stephanie, she gave her life to Jesus uh, and she's been a part of this church ever since. And so it's one of those kind of weird things where then my wife is like sitting with her. And I'm like, I just did not, I didn't really see this, didn't really see this coming. And, and she's doing awesome. And she's helping people working in the recovery field. And just God has been just moving through things all over the place. Why do bad things happen to good people? Sometimes there's some other stuff that's happening at the same time. Um, why do bad things happen to good people? One of the things that's difficult is what I've heard in the church world a lot. In the church world, I've heard the reason that bad things happen to good people is because you did something wrong. There's some sin in your life 
Um, there's something that you haven't confessed to. There's something that you're not willing to let go of yet. There's something, something that you're hiding. Uh, you're sinning. You're not praying enough. You're not reading the Bible enough. You're not doing this or that. Um, and we, a lot of us have heard these stories. I've experienced uh, some of these stories just when I've been honest about certain things and I've, and I've sought help and instead I was told I was, I was hiding something or whatever. I probably was, though. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> but the thing is, that's, that's, not, the, that's not the truth. Um, like, it's, it's not the truth that you have been sinning or you have some secret thing, or you haven't read the Bible enough, or some guilt thing, or, or it's not payback for that thing. That girl that you, you accidentally smacked her in the face on the bus that one time, uh, and so that's why you didn't get that job or that promotion. We do that stupid stuff. It's because I smacked her. Like, it's not. It just isn't. It's unbiblical. And so I wanted to look at a couple of the biblical reasons why bad things might be happening in your life. The first is this. A bad thing might be happening in your life because maybe you are simply a victim of a broken world. You're a victim of a broken world. We live in a sin-stained world. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 and 2 were so nice. And then in three, uh, God created, so God creates the world and everything in it, and it was good. And then Adam and Eve, they sin against God, and, and then the world isn't good anymore. It's still, it's pretty good, but it's not as good. It's not as good as it was before anymore. We're, we're in a broken world now. It's stained with sin. Ladies, you know, childbirth, it was just supposed to be a breeze. It was supposed to be like... Not even like a sneeze. <laughs> but then we, man, we just, we messed up. It's like, mm, now it's going to be super painful. Sorry. Victims of a broken world. And so we experience punishments and consequences and curses for the sin. Uh, babies are painful now. It wasn't, they weren't supposed to be. The ground is cursed now. It was supposed to be really easy to work land and, and grow fruits and vegetables and crops, plants of any kind. It was supposed to be super easy to work the land, but one of the curses that we got was that the land is hard to work. Curses include sickness, pain, death. The fact that we die is wrong. We were supposed to live forever. John chapter 16 Jesus doesn't tell us, though, that we're never going to get a headache. He doesn't say that um, it, once you believe, the rest of the world will fall in line. That uh, if you give your life to Christ, no one ever again will flip you off um, for any reason. Uh, he didn't say that, um, you know, I, it's, I'm telling you, every, time, every big event of my Christian life, getting baptized or something, um, every one of them involved walking home, like walking in the door and something, Satan getting a hold of my dog and the dog eating a box of crayons and the dog puking crayons everywhere 
And so baptism day is like, oh, that was also crayon day. Like, just that bad stuff's going to keep on happening. John 16, Jesus says, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. In this world you'll have trouble, take heart though, I've overcome the world. And so we need to acknowledge that some bad things are just a result of living in this pain-filled, sin-stained world. Um, Things aren't optimal. Things aren't exactly the way that they were planned to be. A second thing that we need to look at, and this doesn't, I, I, this one's hard, uh, but it's true. Um, the second reason why you might be experiencing um, a, a bad thing, and you're saying, I'm a good person, why do bad things happen to me? Uh, the second reason is because maybe you brought it on yourself. Maybe you brought it on yourself. But you said a second ago it wasn't because of some sin in my life. Well, yeah, I'm, no, I mean, I, I mean, it's not some sin way over here that is somehow causing some unrelated, some consequence over here to happen. But I am saying that there are direct consequences for sinful behaviors. If we live... If we live wrong, there are consequences, and we have to face them, the direct consequences of whatever the sin is. If you go to a party and you, like, beer bong a 12-pack and you drive home drunk and you hit a parked car and lose your license because it was your second DUI and you're asking God, why is this happening to me? You don't, he doesn't need to answer. I can tell you why. Because <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> I don't know why this is happening to me. Kind of seems like just math. <laughs> just like certain things you added together. You got your answer. Galatians chapter 6 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, well, from that nature will reap destruction. God, why am I, like, why am I broke? How many times have we, why am I, why am I so broke all the time? Well, maybe it's because you're driving a $45,000 car living in a $250,000 house and you just got home from vacation, but you only make 28 grand a year. You can't do that. You can't have that. Sometimes you can't have that. You brought it on yourself. Man, you know, it it sounds so stupid, but it was a disconnect in my brain for the longest time that um, I was like 20 years old, and I moved into a house and for some reason, I could not wrap my head around it that, why don't I have the same cool stuff that my parents have? Like, why don't I have the same cool stuff that these 35-year-olds, these 40-year-olds, these 50-year-olds, why don't I have that stuff? I just thought, I, what, what am I doing wrong? I'm supposed to have that stuff too. No, I'm not. I'm not. You're not sometimes you're not supposed to have the stuff. It's not the right time. 
And so sometimes you brought it on yourself. If this is your first week here, man, this is an encouraging Sunday. Thanks for, <laughs> thank you for coming. They're like, dang, dang, that place was just rough. Call that getting a church bruise. Why do bad things happen to good people? Sometimes um, it's because we live in a sin-stained world. Sometimes it's because we brought it on ourselves. Sometimes the third thing is that it's because God wants to do something big. Because God wants to do something big. And maybe through something that you don't understand or something that you would never choose or you, you would never want, something that has hurt you deeply, even something like our friend Christine passing away too early, stuff like that, in the midst of that, that maybe God wants to do something big through it, just like he did in the story after story in the Bible, where he takes an awful situation and he turns it into something beautiful. In John chapter 9, if you can put yourself uh, into this man's shoes for, for a moment. And John chapter 9, there's a, a, this guy who's born blind. Um, he, he is the one who's asking uh, why. Why does my brother see? Why does my sister see? And I don't see. Why was I the one who was born blind? This isn't fair. What did I do to deserve this? Why was I born blind? And suddenly, uh, all of the people around this man and Jesus start doing what we do a lot of times. We try to cast blame. Um, and so they, they hear him saying, why did this happen to me? Why, why did bad things happen to good people? Why did this happen to me? Why was I born blind? And so the guys standing around him try to answer. And they, they begin saying, um, you know, whose fault is it? Is it his fault somehow or is it his parents? Did his parents sin? Did his grandparents sin? Was it something that his, that, his, that his weird Uncle Art did that made him blind? Man, that would stink. Whose fault is it? Why was this man born blind? Was it his fault? Was it his parents? And Jesus says, basically, he says, new category. Nope, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his parents' fault. It was a new category. John chapter 9, it says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. This happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. He says, no, it's, it's a different category completely. It didn't, it's not his fault. It's not his parents' fault. New, it happened because new category, and in that minute, where he goes from being blind to Jesus laying hands on him and him seeing. All of a sudden, he has a story that ends up changing people's lives forever. Anyone who was around, anyone who saw it, anyone who heard about it, that he was blind, but now he sees. That he was blind, but now Jesus healed him. And so all of a sudden, everyone knows this man. 
Jesus a new category. It's not his fault. It's not his parents' fault. New category. This thing that he didn't want, this thing you didn't want to happen, could be this death. It could be this um, losing this job, this ending of this relationship, this um, demotion at work, this whatever. Whatever it is that it could be um, that God is wanting to do something incredible through that, through that thing that you don't want to happen at all. In the Old Testament, Joseph betrays his brothers, um, or he's betrayed by his brothers, I'm sorry. Joseph is just, we don't have time to get into all that, but he is just uh, time and again ripped off. <laughs> Uh, in the worst way possible by his family. He's sold into slavery. He's falsely accused of all sorts of different things, and he's put into prison. And then through this strange series of events, God ends up elevating Joseph and brings him out of prison, um, brings him through the ranks of different militaries and things, and brings him to a position of prominence where he is all the way up to second in command over all of Egypt. Like he goes from prison, thrown in there by his brothers, to second in command over all of Egypt. And through all these years of hurting and, and suffering and, um, and the, the stuff that was going on in prison, when God is up to something so big behind the scenes. Uh, eventually there's a, a picture that is just so beautiful where Joseph's brothers have to come before him, stand before him, and, and look at him and say, we're so sorry, and that they recognize that their brother's not in prison anymore. And, Wait a second. Doesn't this guy that is like, we're, they're coming to him for help, and he's holding all the cards now. Uh, well, oh my gosh, oh, this is really bad. We're super sorry. We did not mean it, man. It was a prank, bro. And Joseph says to his brothers, what you guys meant for evil, God used for good. Like, all, everything that you did, you like tried to put the last nail in the coffin. And every single thing you did, God used it for good. And so that's why I'm here today. That's why I'm second in command over all of Egypt. Everything you meant for evil, God used for good. It's a new category. There's a purpose in the middle of this pain that you're in. So for me, when I was 16, I get dumped. I'm feeling suicidal. Um, my, my dad is, is saying the worst possible stuff at the time. Like I'm going to him for help, and he's just saying like, I told you so. I told you not to go out with her. Thanks. Thanks for the help. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Dad. And... Um, just in the midst, in the midst of all, and I'm in the midst of all that, and um, I meet a girl named Allison, and uh, I end up marrying her and drastically shifting the direction and course of my life. Um, and I guarantee, and I know. Like, I wouldn't have met her at the right time. I wouldn't have said the right words. I wouldn't have felt the right feelings. I wouldn't have asked her out. 
if all this other stuff didn't happen that had to lead up to it. And, um, man, it's just like... And I'm not trying to belittle anyone's pain uh, and say, like, there's a reason for, for everything or put um, a, a nice bow on it. For some of you, I know that it's like suffering for your child or something horrible that happened that you're like, there, there couldn't be any nice little thing, any, any, um, any good learning thing that came from this. The, the thing that happened to me was just too too horrible. And I'm just saying, I, under, I hear you. I understand that. Um, a couple days before Easter uh, every year, we, we honor and reflect on the death of Jesus. Uh, we get together here and have a Good Friday service. Um, and it's called Good Friday, um, even though it was the day where the most horrible thing happened, where Jesus was crucified. But the disciples on that Friday, they were so confused and desperate, and it was like all their hope was lost on that day when Jesus was killed in front of them, because they didn't, they didn't realize on that Friday that Sunday was coming, like they didn't know yet, and so when they're there, they're there on Friday, and it's got to feel like, is it all over? What, did we sign, did we back the wrong horse? Is this, was it all a sham? Is it a lie? Is it, wasn't something cool supposed to happen? They got to be feeling all that stuff because it's Friday and it's dark and it hurts like hell. And you don't know that Sunday is coming. You don't know what's going to be heading your way that one day you'll have to realize that it takes a death in order for there to be a resurrection. Always. That there has to be a death if there's going to be any kind of resurrection. And that maybe one day God is doing something really, really big through that thing that you hate right now, or that thing that you don't understand. Um, why are we going through bad things? Could be because we live in a broken world. Could be because we brought it on ourselves. Could be because God wants to do something big. Um, those are the maybes. Um, the one thing that I'll say is a, a for sure that I know that I'll just close with. Uh, for sure, when you're in the middle of going through bad stuff, uh, for sure is that for sure God is doing something in you during that time. For sure God is doing something in you. Um, this verse I'm going to read is one of those super annoying ones when you're actually going through stuff. Like if you're actually going through hard times, uh, it's... It's, it's just annoying. It's one of those things. Like, if, you're, if things are going well, you're like, oh, yeah, I love this. It makes so much sense. If you're, in the, if you're going through, the, this is like, oh, my, get out of my face with this. James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. If you are in the middle of the stuff, if you are in the middle of the thick of it, James would say, man, lucky.
consider it pure joy. And so just seeing that I wouldn't have picked that, I wouldn't have chosen that, I wouldn't want to go through that again, but it did make me different, it did make me better, it did make me stronger. Like it drew me closer to God. It was at the the lowest point of my life when I was at my worst, yes, that did let me look up and see and call upon Christ, and he met me where I was at my deepest need, and... And he heard me. Tomorrow is, um, we're going to do this, uh, this funeral service, this memorial for Christine. And I, I, don't, I don't know everything that we're going to talk about, but I know that the first thing that I'm going to say is that God is good and that he's good all the time. Um, because I, I just, I, man, I, I, was, I was almost trying to get sad this week. I was going, every time I thought about Christine, I was like, I was ready for this rush of sad things to just come flooding in. And dang it, I just kept, I just kept seeing her face and thinking about things that she said, and I kept grinning. <laughs> and, uh. She's just one of those people that makes me know that God is good all the time. At Psalm chapter 103, it says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities as far as the east is from the west so far he has removed our transgressions from us um just that um he doesn't give us what we deserve we're we're talking about the question of why do bad things happen to good people the funny thing is um if you're if you're down with the program if you understand what scripture says none of us are good people we're not good people whoever in this room is the best person that you would get the little ribbon that says best person award. Yay, you. You're still not good. You're not a good person. And um, just as, as far as if we're like competing with perfection, if we're, if we're comparing ourselves to holiness and perfect God standard, then we're, we're, we're messed up. But... Um, and we, this lady keeps choking me up. I can't talk. <laughs> um, just that uh, all all of us have sinned and fall short. We're we're not. We're not actually good people. The only good person ever in history, the only time that something bad ever happened to someone who was good was one time, and his name was Jesus. Um, He's the only one who was ever good that something bad happened to, and he volunteered for it. The only truly good person. He never sinned. 
Yet he stepped up and he said, I'm going to let something really, really, really bad happen to me. I'll become the perfect sacrifice for all these bad people who, who can't be good enough. I'll step in um, and be the person that they can't be. Um, the gospel that we talk about is that good things happen to bad people like me and you uh, every day. That's what the gospel of Jesus is, that, that good things keep happening to bad people like me and you because that's what Jesus wanted for us. Because God is good all the time. Uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I, I'm just, just coming to you on behalf of everyone in this room. I know, I know people are in all different places with, with, their, with their mother, with their friend, with their uh, sister in Christ, with their mentor, with, you know, just, and just feeling this, this loss with Chris. Um, we just pray that you would, you would make us a strong and courageous people, that we're the kind of people who don't dwell for too long in the grieving place, but that we would recognize um, just the, the strength and the, the authority that, that Christine carried, and that we would take that upon ourselves, that we would learn and grow from it, that we would just model the Christ-like things that we saw her do, and uh, that we'd be able to celebrate that your girl is home. Pray for your peace. And I pray that you would make us dangerous against the enemy. Ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If anybody would like to be prayed for for anything, uh, we'll have some prayer team people over here by the cross who would love to pray for you. Uh, again, we're going to be doing the memorial service for Christine tomorrow night at 7 p.m. here. Um, if, you, if you would like to attend, you're welcome. And um, love you guys. I will see you soon. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.